Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and I'm here with you today to take your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or if you've got things going on in your life that you need prayer for. Uh, we've got a whole community of people here listening in, ready to say yes and amen along with us. So give us a call with your prayer requests. Give us a call with your questions about the Bible. Maybe you've been reading your Bible and uh, there are some things that you've, you've been confused about, you're unsure about, you'd like to get clarity on. Maybe there's something that you've always wondered about and you've never really known who you could ask about it. Well, this is the opportunity to do that. And the vision for Calvary Live is just to give you an opportunity to have a direct line to a pastor and a direct line to an opportunity to prayer, uh, to be prayed for, rather. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. So give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. So glad to be with you today. We want to welcome those of you who are listening on Grace FM in Colorado and into Southern Wyoming. Welcome to the program. So glad that you are tuning in today. I also want to greet those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Wherever you're tuning in from today, welcome to the program. We're really glad that you are here with us today. We want to remind you that those of you listening on the East Coast in the area around Tennessee, you are hearing the program on a one-week delay. So just keep that in mind, um, but we want you to still be part of the show. So we'd love for you to call in, text in, and just to keep in mind that you're hearing it on a one-week delay. And that also gives you a unique opportunity where you guys actually get to tune in and hear yourself on the radio. And maybe that's an opportunity for you to tell a family member, a friend, hey, I'm going to be on the radio at this time next week or on this particular day. You should tune in. And maybe that'll be a great introduction for them into listening to your local Christian radio station where they can hear Bible teaching throughout the day as well as this program. So who knows what God will do with it. We always hear great testimonies from people uh, who write into the show or who write us personally and say, hey, you know, um, God used Christian radio in my life. I was you know, driving to and from work and I've just I've grown so much in the word. Or maybe there'll be people who will say, you know, I gave my life to the Lord listening to a radio broadcast. Actually, a good friend of mine, uh, when I lived in Hungary. Some of you might not know that about me. I lived in Hungary for 10 years, and one of my uh, co-workers, I guess you could say colleagues in the ministry, he was our worship leader for several years there. That's how he became a Christian, was listening to Christian radio, and he heard a sermon on the internet, and the sermon was, um, I think he told me it was about Revelation, but anyway, he, he heard this sermon, and he gave his life to the Lord, 
after hearing that sermon and then later found a church. And so God uses these things in great ways. And so we'd love it if you, whether you're listening on the East Coast and Tennessee or whether you're listening here in Colorado or anywhere around the country online, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word about Grace FM uh, and this show, also Calvary Live. If you would spread the word about it on social media, about your local station that you listen to, maybe that's Hope FM or Truth FM, depending on where you're located. We'd love it if you'd help us get the word out on social media, let people know that you're tuning in, that there's an opportunity here. And we also want to greet those who are tuning in online. We know that we have so many of you uh, increasing who tune in online via the mobile app and straight through the website. So I have a map right in front of me right now that's got pins in it of people listening and where they're listening from here in the United States. Looks like we've got um, a lot of listeners over on the East Coast today. In the Midwest, looks like uh, Indianapolis, um, looks like Kansas City, um, Kansas, as well as Texas and Arizona, California, uh, Washington, and then a bunch of listeners here up and down the front range of the Rockies. Wherever you're tuning in from, so glad to have you with us. If you guys don't yet have our app, go get go uh, and get it in the app store for your device. Just type in Grace FM as one word, and it should come up right away, and it's totally free to you. You can use that, and you can listen anywhere in the world. We often have international listeners as well um, in places like Africa, South America, Asia, and Europe. So um, just help spread the word, and we'll see what God does through this, uh, through this program as well as all the other broadcasting uh, of his word that's going out over the airwaves and internet waves as well. So we're so glad to have you with us. Once again, let me give you the numbers to call. This is the show, again, where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you might have questions about. Uh, how does it relate to what the Bible says, seeking God's will, things like that. And if you have a prayer request, we want to pray for you as well. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Let me just uh, give you a few words about myself. Uh, my name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. And we are a Calvary Chapel-affiliated church here in this great city. Um, I've been the pastor here now for eight years, which is crazy that time has flown uh, so fast. Uh, prior to coming here to pastor, I was a missionary in Hungary for 10 years, um, and just uh, was part of a great move of God out there with church planting, still involved with it as well. You know, now from more of a coaching side and just kind of keeping in touch and encouraging side, we support a lot of missionaries here at Whitefields because of our background, our concern for the mission of God around the world. So that's a little bit about me. I've been here for eight years and uh, our church recently moved. So just a couple months ago, it's it's getting to the point where I can't really say that we recently moved soon, but I think it's still recent enough. We opened in June, um, of course, because of the pandemic. We officially moved at the end of March, but we moved, we opened in June here at our new location. So we'd love to have you come worship with us some Sunday if you're within driving distance of Longmont or if you're, especially if you're in any of the surrounding communities here. You know, we have a lot of people because of where we're located from the Frederick, Firestone, Decono area, from Mead, from uh, Berthoud, and Lafayette, Erie. We have a lot of people who come from Lyons and Boulder as well. And so if you are in any of those places or in Longmont proper, we would love to have you come and worship with us. You can check out our website, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. And there, you know, you can find out all the information as far as 
service times, map for directions. You can uh, listen to some of our past messages as well as find out the cool things that God is doing here at Whitefields. We'd love it if you'd pray for us and pray for our ministry here. And if you are in the area, we'd love it if you would come out and worship with us. So our services are at 9 and 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. So two services, 9 and 11 a.m. We're social distancing and following all the rules, but we're really blessed, especially here. Uh, you know, most of Longmont is in Boulder County, but there's a tiny sliver that is in Weld County. And that's where our church is located, just right on the county line here. But we're in Weld County. And because of that, and especially because of where we're located here, uh, we're able to be pretty open as a church, of course, following still all the CDC guidelines and rules to make sure that we're staying safe and respecting everybody who's got concerns about health. And of course, we're also broadcasting our services online. So if you are looking for a place to worship online, we'd love it if you join us there. You can find those on our website, whitefieldschurch.com, as well as on youtube.com slash whitefieldschurch and facebook.com slash whitefieldschurch. So check us out online. And if you would like to visit in person, the address to visit here is 2950 Colorful Avenue. So 2950 Colorful Avenue right here in Longmont. And we are, if you're curious where that's at, we're just a half mile east of County Line Road right on Highway 119, which is also called County, or it's also called Ken Pratt Boulevard. Um, so if you're coming from I-25, you'd get off at Highway 119, you'd head west, uh, and we're right here in between I-25 and the center of Longmont, um, right on the north side of the street on the highway here. And we're directly north of Sandstone Ranch uh, Sports Complex, which is a landmark that a lot of people know. Also, the Walmart here in Longmont, uh, the, the southeast Walmart, we're right across the street from them. And the Sandstone Ranch, which is where, you know, soccer fields are. There's a lot of festivals there as well as um, skate park and all that stuff. So we're directly north of Sandstone and 2950 Colorful Avenue. Hey, one thing, as uh, we're waiting for those calls to come in, let me give you the number to call in the text line one more time. Number to call is 303 690 That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us, 720-336-0897. 0897. Something else I want to tell you about as we're waiting for those calls to come in is that there is a conference coming up that is hosted at Calvary Church in Aurora, and it's called the Refresh Conference. So the Refresh Conference is going on October 9th and 10th. That's a Friday and Saturday, and it is open to anybody who serves in ministry in church. So it's a ministry conference. The purpose is to encourage you in ministry. And so you can just go to calvaryco.church slash refresh. So calvaryco.church slash refresh for all the details about time and about registering and all of those good things. Um, we always take our church staff down there for this conference, especially Friday night, um, which is a lot easier for us. But we go down on Friday night with our whole church staff, and it's just a time of being together. And, uh, you know, as... As people who serve in the church, sometimes we can, you know, all of our relationship to the church can just be focused on, on giving and serving. But this is a nice time of receiving for those of you who serve in your church and, and where, wherever that is. Maybe you serve in the greeting ministry. Maybe you serve in the children's ministry. Or maybe you serve in some other way. Uh, if you serve in any way at your church, you are invited to this conference, October 9th and 10th, down at 
uh, Calvary Church in Aurora. So once again, the website for the conference is calvaryco.church slash refresh. And, uh, you know, there was some question about whether or not the conference was going to go on this year. And um, they decided to pull the plug and go forward with it. So um, I know that they'll be taking precautions down there because I know that's that's what they do for church on Sunday as well. So we're looking forward to that. And uh, I would encourage you to join us for that as well. Number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Call us with your questions about the Bible. Call us with your prayer requests. We want to pray for you and we want to lift you up to the Lord. You know, So I'm your host every Friday here on Calvary Live. And today, of course, is Thursday. I was with you yesterday as well. I've been filling in for Pastor Ed Taylor this week a little bit. I'll be with you again tomorrow for my regularly scheduled time. Um, but it's just a, it's a great pleasure and a joy to get to host this show and see how God is using it in people's lives. So give us a call, 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go over to our text line. We've got some texts that have come in already. Uh, someone asked here, do you believe that prophetic word can be trusted? It looks like they have a little bit more. I've been given prophetic words throughout my life and have even received the exact same prophetic word twice from different people. Although I've lived a life apart from God and have grown hard towards God, I wonder if the prophetic words could still come to pass. Yeah, sure, there's a lot to unpack there and a lot to answer, so let's just dive right in. Um, first of all, the fact that a person lives their life um, apart from God, now, of course, that's not good, and I, I truly encourage you to give your life and your heart to the Lord. You know, all the promises in the Bible um, that give us assurance of salvation, they give assurance to people who are pursuing God and walking with God. And so I would just encourage you to truly give your life and your heart over to the Lord. But I'll tell you this, um, your actions are not, um, you know, God's work in your life is not predicated on your actions. In other words, uh, the fact that you have not lived up to the standard of even what you yourself say you should have um, does not mean that God cannot cause his prophetic words to come true in your life. Uh, it doesn't mean that he can't bless you. It doesn't mean that he can't work in your life. And so I would just encourage you to, to look upon the Lord and see his goodness, see his grace. You know, that's what grace is. It's undeserved, unmerited favor. Grace is the essence of grace is that we don't deserve it. And so the fact that God would do something for you in spite of the fact that you don't deserve it, that's the story of our lives, right? That's like the story of the world is that God has done things for us that we have not deserved, nor could we ever deserve. And on the other hand, he's given us mercy. Mercy, the essence of mercy is that God doesn't give us the judgment that we deserve for the things that we've done. So your, to your main question, though, which is, um, do, can you trust prophetic words? So the answer is, yes, God does speak through prophecy, even today. And yet, uh, we, we should have some degree of caution. Now, we want to be cautious without becoming cynical or without becoming um, what we call faithless, right? So having um, disbelief. So a good passage on this topic is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And there, he mentions a few things in regard to prophecies. I'll start in verse 19. 
Here's what he says. This is Paul, you know, kind of the end of Paul's letters sometimes tend to end up kind of like uh, the junk drawer, right, at your house where it's like, okay, here's all the stuff that I wanted to tell you, but it didn't really fit into like the main big topics that I was talking about. So I'm just going to kind of give you some stuff here at the end as ways of exhorting you and encouraging you. So one of the things Paul says here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he says, do not quench the spirit. So we'll talk about what that means in a second. But then he says, in the same vein, do not despise prophecies, but, verse 21, test everything and hold fast to what is good. Those three verses need to be taken together. On the one hand, don't quench the spirit. What does it mean to quench the spirit? Well, the idea of quenching the spirit is the idea of kind of choking out or, you know, um, there's another place where Paul talks about grieving the Holy Spirit. Grieving the Holy Spirit, of course, grief means sadness. So to grieve the Holy Spirit is to, you know, do something which causes God to sigh in a way and say, ah, oh, that's, you know, sad. But but quenching the Holy Spirit, it's kind of like how you'd quench a fire, right? What does a fire need in order to burn? It needs fuel. It needs oxygen. And so and, and it needs something to start the fire. Now, God's given us the thing to start the fire, but it needs room to work. And if you smother a fire, right, if you can, that's the idea there. It's like smothering a fire is quenching the Holy Spirit. And one of the ways we do that is by saying, no, it's not possible that God could ever speak to me through prophecy. I'm just going to not accept anything. Um, I'm not going to accept that God could ever do that today. So we don't want to do that. On the other hand, uh, he says specifically, don't despise prophecies. Right? Don't be cynical about it. Don't look down on the idea that God could speak through another person to you. But here's the other side of that coin. Test everything. Hold fast to that which is good. And what that means is that if someone gives you a prophetic word, you don't just um, unquestioningly accept it. Right? Someone comes up to you and says, hey, God told me that you're supposed to marry this person. Or in worst case scenario, right? God told me that you're supposed to marry me. And then you say, well, I don't really want to marry you, but I guess I have to because uh, I guess it's a word of prophecy and now I have to. Well, no, you don't, right? And so uh, God will often confirm his word to you by speaking the same thing to two different people who are willing to listen. And so that to say, here's what I always tell people. I'd say, hey, receive that, be open to it, that this might be a word from the Lord, but kind of essentially, you know, metaphorically put that thing on the shelf and say, okay, let's see what happens with this. You know, somebody might say, hey, God's going to move you to another state. Okay, well, well, let's just put that on the shelf. We're not going to dismiss it, but we're also not going to just sell everything we have today and do it, right? Some people might think that that's the heroic thing to do as if it's a huge act of faith. But I would say, you know, we also want to just be aware that people sometimes mistakenly think that they have a word from the Lord when it isn't. And that's just a fact of life. And so we want to do that. We want to be open, and yet we want to be wise. And there's there's another passage that I want to point you to, which is in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, which actually has a ton to say about prophecy. And here's what he says. Uh, Paul defines what prophecy is in the New Testament age, in this present age. It isn't necessarily predicting the future, Right? So a prophecy isn't about uh, predicting the future. Rather, it's speaking forth the wor- a word from the Lord, a word from God's heart to somebody else. So this is verse 3 of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. It says, on the other hand, when someone prophesies, they speak to people. So that's the difference between prophecy and the other gift that Paul talks about here, which is speaking in tongues. A person who speaks in tongues does not speak to people, 
but speaks to God. That's verse 2 of chapter 14. So chapter 14, verse 3 of 1 Corinthians, one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding, their encouragement, and their consolation. Upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. And so that's another question. That's another way that we weigh prophecy. Does it build up? Does it encourage? Does it bring consolation? Is this truly a word from God? We weigh it against the scriptures and we ask God to give confirmation. So, um, hey, thanks for that text and um, good topic. And I hope that God leads you and guides you. And I hope that you give your life fully over to the Lord. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I am taking your calls and texts live on the air today. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Give me a call with your questions about the Bible. Give me a call with your prayer requests. I'd love to pray for you here on the air. I'd love to answer your questions about the Bible, bring clarity where you've been curious about something. Um, so 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go and look at some more of these text messages that have come in. Uh, one person says, um, please pray for my husband and I to conceive. We've been trying for nearly a year, and um, now I'm being referred to a fertility doctor. Okay, so let's pray for you. And... Um, and they gave their names here, Zach and Sarah. Hey, Zach and Sarah, I, I, um, my heart goes out to you. This past Sunday, I just taught um, from First King, or sorry, Second Kings, chapter four, and it was on the topic of infertility and barrenness and how do we make sense of this. And so, if you're interested in hearing that message, I hope it would be encouraging to you, and you could um, check that out on our church's website, whitefieldschurch.com. It's the latest message, and the title is called The Cure for the Curse. So let's pray for you, though. Heavenly Father, we lift up to you Sarah and Zach, and we ask, Lord, that you would help them to conceive. Lord, we know that they desire to have a child. And Lord, whether you do this through fertility doctors, um, Lord, I pray that you would lead and guide them in their lives. I pray that like the, um, like the Shunammite woman in 2 Kings chapter 4, Lord, that they would learn to be content in serving you and whatever you do for their lives while at the same time desiring to have this, this child that they desire to have. So, Lord, I pray that you would give them this desire of their heart, that you give them a child as a gift from you, Lord. And I pray that you would prepare them in this time, that you'd use this time of waiting, this time of frustration, this time of longing that is yet unfulfilled. Lord, I pray that you would use it powerfully in their lives to accomplish something really deep and really good for them. Lord, we pray that through the doctors or through natural means, Lord, that you would uh, bless them with a child. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, guys, I, I really appreciate you writing in and asking for prayer. I just want to encourage you that there have been I can think of two occasions where um, I have prayed for people, and I'm sure there are other people who have prayed for other people, but I know personally of two times when I've prayed for people to conceive uh, who have struggled for years, and we got to see that wonderful uh, miracle take place of, of life you know, coming about out of, a, out of a womb that had struggled to conceive. So we're praying for you guys, and God bless you. Hey, listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We've got all open lines right now. Love to hear you. Lots of text messages coming in right now, but we'd love to have some callers in person or on the air 
uh, with your voices. So give me a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Okay, we have another text message that has come in. It says this. Um, I understand regarding divorce and remarriage that remarriage after divorce is not allowed and is considered adultery. Please explain more. I married very young to a man previously married to an unfaithful woman. He finally divorced her. My prior understanding has always been that divorce was okay unless the spouse was or divorce was not okay unless the spouse was unfaithful. We recently divorced after he had an affair. My understanding is that basically my whole marriage wa uh, my understanding is that basically my whole marriage was wrong because of his previous marriage. So now what? Yeah, this is a really big topic and um and I think that there are some assumptions that you're making here which I'm not sure I would agree with. Okay, so the the text you talk about is one in which Jesus says that someone who marries a divorced person commits adultery. Now, um, let's be clear that God created marriage, right, to be one man and one woman together before him forever. And there are a few reasons in the Bible why divorce would be allowed. One of those reasons is for um, infidelity and immorality, like you mentioned there, but specifically unfaithfulness, so infidelity. Um, that's mentioned in the Law of Moses. It's also mentioned by Jesus. Later on, though, Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, he mentions another reason why uh, divorce would be permitted, and that reason is in the case of abandonment. But it's interesting, uh, Wayne Grudem recently uh, wrote a great paper. Now, Wayne Grudem, if you don't know who he is, he is a very conservative um, very conservative theologian, Baptist theologian, and he uh, writes on this topic last year. You know, he wrote a paper explaining that actually the technical wording of what Paul says there in First uh, Corinthians 7 is abandonment and things of this like. And so what he is saying is, and that really one of the questions is, does God allow divorce in the case of abuse? That's been a, a really big issue. And it would seem that Paul actually did have abuse in mind as well. So, so let's let's look at those three things: abandonment, abuse, and um, the other one is, of course, infidelity. Now, what does Jesus mean when he says that someone who um, who gets remarried essentially commits adultery? Does that mean, as you're saying, that your whole marriage is wrong and therefore may be cursed by God uh, because you had? A previous marriage involved. Well, I think there are a couple factors that need to be taken into consideration. One, is Jesus saying that um, a person who marries uh, of someone who has been married before, that they are doing something wrong, that they are committing adultery? Well, it would seem that that could be what he's saying, that he's discouraging people who have been married before from remarrying. Now, to understand why he would say that, you do need to understand a little bit of the historical context. And the context is that the Jewish people at the time of Jesus, especially men, and of course it was men because it was not advantageous for women at all to be divorced. But for men, um, you know, they the whole reason Jesus brings up this whole thing says that someone came up to him and said, Jesus, is it okay, according to the law of Moses, to divorce your wife for any reason? And that's the key phrase. 
for any reason. See, the people at that time, especially the men, were very flippant about divorce, where they were getting married and divorced all the time. If you wanted to divorce your wife, basically they had created loopholes that would allow you to divorce her um, super easily and to just keep remarrying. And understand that what Jesus is saying is that if you uh, divorce someone, then you're causing that person to commit adultery in their next marriage. And that that's wrong for you to put that on somebody else. Do you understand that he's putting the impetus on the person who is divorcing someone else, that they're doing a wrong to the person they are divorcing, that they're causing problems for them in the future. But here's the other thing. Once somebody's married, um, and then looks like that's the music, so we gotta go break. I'll make this quick. Once somebody's married, you're married before God, and God will, God wants you to live that marriage in a way that honors Him. I can finish this thought right after a break. We've also got some other callers we'll get to right after the break. Stick with me. One open line. Give me a call. 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We've got a couple callers we're going to go to right now. Looks like we have one open line if you'd like to call in. The number is 303-690-3000. You can also text us 720-336-0897. Well, that mid-show break kind of snuck up on us. Uh, it snuck up on me, at least. Let's put it that way. And uh, I was answering a question about divorce and remarriage. And my final thought that I wanted to give you on that before we go to our callers was this. Um, no matter how your marriage started out, it could have started out on the in the absolute worst way possible, right? Like, let's imagine you wake up and... Uh, you know, you're married to this person. You're like, oops, huge mistake, you know, or let's say that you got married for kind of the wrong reasons, whether, you know, it was you were too young or, you know, you didn't really know each other. You're doing it for for reasons that weren't the best. Uh, let's say you, your relationship started out in, um, you know, adultery and, and um, you know, having sexual relations before marriage. You know, you might say, well, well, then is our relationship cursed or in your case you say well you know we were both divorcees and um you know maybe our relationship was cursed here's what i would tell you is that from the time when you get married then from that moment on no matter how your relationship began dedicate it to the lord and the lord wants to be honored in that marriage what doesn't honor the lord is for that marriage to um, end in divorce and so he doesn't want that either so uh, i hope that answers your question very uh interesting one and it's very personal and one that many people wonder about. If you'd like any clarification, feel free to write back. And let's go to our next caller, Lindsay in Birmingham. Hi, Lindsay. Oh. Welcome to the program. Hey there. Hey, hey I'm Lindsay. Um, I'm actually from Birmingham, but I'm in Colorado. I'm in Denver right now. Oh, I've just gotten a rental car. I picked up a rental car and you were on the radio. So nice. um, I've never listened to you, but I was just, uh, I just appreciate you taking calls. Um, I just was going to say, I came to Denver for an eating disorder and eating recovery. It's called Eating Recovery Center. Um, I actually had a different rental car and went down there to trade it out. So I think it's meant to be. I just wanted to call and have you pray over me. for. um, I've been in treatment over 12 times. And so Mm -hmm. I'm I'm 40 now, and I just wanted to see if you pray and 
just pray over me and for my time here. I don't know if Absolutely. that's something you do. Oh, it is. That's exactly what we do. So let's pray okay. for you. Heavenly Father, we lift up Lindsay to you. And Lord, we just thank you that she came, got in this car and the station uh, was yeah. available to her. Lord, we just see your hand in that. And so, Lord, we pray for Lindsay that this time that she's spending in Colorado at this recovery program, Lord, we pray that it would be effective. We pray that you would use it, Lord, to break uh, bonds and chains that have held her captive for many years. And Lord, we pray that truly she would experience the freedom of the sons and daughters of God um, and that, Lord, you'd use this program towards that end this week. Lord, this, let this program and the people who work there act as your hands and feet to give her relief and help her to experience the freedom that you want her to walk in. So, Lord, we pray that by your spirit you would strengthen her. And, uh, Lord, we pray that you would, whatever it, it needs, Lord, whether it's psychological, physical, spiritual, or all the above, Lord, we pray that yeah. you would meet those needs and break these chains and let this be a really powerful and impactful weekend. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Hey, Lindsay, great hearing from you. Thanks for okay, calling Okay, yeah, thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, you're, bye. you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Give me a call. The number is 303-690-3000. We're answering your questions about the Bible. We're praying for your prayer requests. So the number again, 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Mary in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Mary. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Nick. How are you today? Doing great. What's up? Okay. Um, I would like prayer for my husband, who is hopelessly alcoholic. Mm. He has been suffering with this it's not a disease according to pastor Lori yesterday i listened to several programs on grace fm and i really it, it blesses me so much and i've recently joined calvary of aurora and i've had prayer for him going on for 15 years from our other church every single christian friend i have and there are many and he is just hopelessly in bondage. Mm. And it, he, you know, Pastor Chuck Smith said recently that, you know, when somebody has demonic influence in their life that they don't need to be delivered, they need to be have Jesus brought in. But my husband thinks he's a Christian, and he was involved with the most excellent way about three years ago. He went for four months. And the holidays came along, and he just fell off the wagon, and he's gone from bad to worse. And I'm afraid he's going to die. He, mm. All he does is eat, drink, and sleep when he's home. And when he's at work, he's a functioning alcoholic. All the men that he works with in this, it, it's a very large corporation, Blue collar, they are all alcoholics that he works with, so he gets enforcement, reinforcement for the alcoholism instead of something else. And so and he's not not currently in a program. No, and I mean he doesn't he doesn't go to church, and the coronavirus has nothing to do with it. He he goes um, as far as obligatorily with me on Christmas and Easter, mm. but okay. it's almost like pulling teeth that yeah. and i don't try to get him to go but i've i've tried everything i have tried everything i have surrendered to the lord 
I've turned him over to, to Satan for destruction of the flesh so his soul might be saved. And I just, I know you just mentioned when I was listening to you on the radio in the car and I pulled over because you said that you've had had several people that you've prayed for for infertility. And I just, I need a miracle. Yeah. Amen. Let's pray for that. You know, um, like I was telling earlier, I just recently taught Second uh, Kings chapter 4. And in that chapter, we see five miracles that Elisha the prophet does. And, you know, one of, there's a several important takeaways from why these stories are in there for us. But one of the obvious and basic takeaways from that is that the Lord God is a God who is able to do miracles. He's able Absolutely. to bring about change that we can't bring about on our own. So let's go ahead and pray for your husband. Um, and here, I have one other thought, but how about we pray first and then I'll, I'll share my thought afterwards. Heavenly Father, we lift up uh, Mary's husband. And Lord, I just want to say together with everyone tuning in now across the country in different parts of the world, Lord, we agree in prayer and we just ask for a breakthrough for her husband. Lord, we pray that you would set him free from the bondage of alcoholism. Lord, we pray that you would set him free from the uh, vanity that he's living in, pursuing just every day um, just to eat, sleep, and drink um, as if he was not living a full life, right? Living on the level of an animal that, that only cares about the physical and doesn't care about the spiritual. Lord, we pray that by a divine work of your spirit, you would cause him to come alive spiritually and Lord, that he would seek and desire you. Lord, we know that um, many times there are people in the Bible who it says hearing they do not hear, seeing they do not see. It, it means that it's one thing to know the message externally, but it's another thing to have the Holy Spirit make it come alive in your heart and do that internal work. And so that is clearly what he needs. So Lord, we ask that you would do that work which only you can do of regeneration, of new birth, of causing him to come alive, to not only know the stuff, but to be absolutely changed and transformed by your spirit. Lord, we pray that he would have a contrite heart, Lord, that he would uh, feel the heaviness of sin in his life, that he would feel the uh, weight of eternity, and Lord, that he would turn to you before it's too late. And I pray for Mary, Lord, that you would help her to be persistent in prayer, Lord, I pray that you would help her to be persistent in her message to him that what he needs is to turn wholeheartedly over to you. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, in Jesus' name. So, I agree, Pastor so, Nick. Thank you, Pastor Nick. My pleasure. My pleasure. But here's the thought I was going to share with you. And, um, oh, you know what? I cannot remember exactly what it was. I'll probably remember in a little bit. But, you know, oh, you, no, no, I, I remember what it was. Here we go. Uh, you, there are some passages in Scripture which give a lot of comfort and a lot of encouragement uh, to those who believe, right? They say, hey, you know, even if you believe, Jesus will never let you be snatched out of his hand. He's got you, and he's going to have you. He, you know, you're going to persevere if you are a saint. Now, on the other hand, uh, there are other passages of the Bible that would tell a person to say, um, you know, hey, if you're not walking with the Lord, you should be straight up scared. Like, you know, here's some passages like that. Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, sorry, not Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 6 and then Hebrews chapter 10. Those two passages. And you know what? I, I would put it this way. Those passages, the, 
the broken need to be comforted and the comfortable need to be broken in a way. Right. And so, you know, maybe this is something I would recommend for you to do is show your husband those passages, you know, to a, to a person who is like a smoldering wick. God is very, God is very kind and very patient and very encouraging. But to a person who just doesn't care, uh, he has nothing really encouraging and um, comforting to say. Rather, he's trying to get their attention before it's too late. Because as I was saying earlier, there are no promises in the Bible for people who are not walking with the Lord or seeking the Lord. Right? There are promises for people who are seeking the Lord and failing. Tons of promises for them. But those who just are uh, flippant or complacent don't care. Uh, that that's a very very dangerous position to be in, um, and so I would I would warn your husband. I would show him those scriptures that that say, "Hey, if you have tasted the heavenly gift, and turned away, which is what you're doing, because you cannot serve God and be in bondage to something and not care about it." And, and so uh, I would really encourage him with these passages to take this into consideration, and uh, and to really. Um, Repent. Hebrews, no, Hebrews chapter 6 and Hebrews chapter 10. Oh, chapter 6 and chapter 10. Hey, okay. Here's another one. Matthew 7. This is the passage that God used in my life. In Matthew chapter 7, I believe it starts in verse 20, but I'm going to look it up just because I want to be sure. Uh, Matthew 7, here's what it says, starting in chapter 20. It says that, sorry, 21. Uh, not everyone, well, I mean, we could even go back a little further. Here, here's what it says about trees and fruit. It says healthy trees bear good fruit. Diseased trees bear oh, bad fruit. Absolutely. Right, but here's, here's the verse that God used a lot in my life. This is Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Uh, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And on that day, so that's the last day, the day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? and cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name, and I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And, you know, the way that God used this verse in my life is that I had a friend, and, uh, and this friend was telling me, you need to give your life to the Lord. You're not a Christian. I said, what do you mean I'm not a Christian? I believe all this stuff, right? I believe that Jesus was a real person who lived, who died, uh, who rose again. Uh, I believe, in theory, in Christianity. And that's why I was talking about a second ago, saying that there's a difference between believing externally and believing internally. This is a distinction that Martin Luther actually made, where he said, anybody can read the Bible and understand the words on the page. That's the external. But to have the internal enlightening of the Holy Spirit, to have the internal regenerating work of the Holy Spirit, that's a work of God that needs to take place within you. And there are two different things. And so this person said, you know, is that you? Are you this person who, on the day when you stand before God, you're going to be in for a very uh, rude awakening and a, and a sad surprise when you find out that even though you knew things, even though you maybe did things at times, God's going to say to you, we never had a relationship. And, um, and that was the thought, that idea, and the scripture that God used to really get a hold of my heart and wake me up from complacency. So... Uh, Mary, may God give you grace as you, uh, you pray for your husband. Yes, and I I have spoken to him all those things and showed him the scripture, but he's he's self deluded. He he watches online 
all sorts of Christian ministries. And he thinks that because he does that, he's saved. And I just, I pray, I thank you so much for praying today. God's arm is not so short that it can't save, and nothing is impossible with God. And Amen. I just thank you so much for your your encouragement and your ministering to me this way. And I am believing for a miracle. Amen. God bless you, Mary. God bless right. you, Pastor Nick. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We've got about 15 minutes left in the show. We've got all open lines, so we can handle about probably two to three more callers by the end of the show. So if you've got a question on your mind that you'd like to call in and talk about, I'd love to hear from you. I'm here to answer your questions about the Bible, how scriptures relate to uh, life today, all of these sorts of things. So Give me a call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. You can call in as well with your prayer requests, like our last two callers. And uh, you can also text us at 720-336-0897. So speaking of text messages, let's go over to our text line and see what's come in over there. Uh, one person asks, is gotquestions.org a trustworthy website to refer people to? Uh, the answer is yes, Got gotquestions.org is a great website. It's actually one that I often will reference when I'm taking questions here on the show because, um, you know, just short articles, very brief but very good answers, and absolutely trustworthy. It is run by some great Christian people in Colorado Springs. And I was just talking to a friend the other day, John Geraci, who's the pastor of Calvary South Denver, and he was telling me that uh, the people who run the site are actually family friends of the Geraces, uh down in Colorado Springs. And they've been encouraging them actually to move their ministry up to Denver. So we'll see what happens with that. But um, yeah, gotquestions.org is a great site. And I would encourage everybody to check it out and just get, uh, you know, it's one of those sites that you can read. Uh, if you're just looking for something to read that's real short, just open it up. They'll, they'll tell you, you know, give you suggestions. Any topic you have, just type it in there. And uh, they've got answers on so many things at gotquestions.org. Okay, next text message that we have here says, Is being filled with the Holy Spirit and being baptized by the Holy Spirit two different things? Um, and so my question is, to have a gift from the Spirit, must you be baptized by the Spirit? Is speaking in tongues evidence that you have been baptized? Okay, so quite a few questions there in that let's uh, break this down and let me make it really easy for you now here here's where the difficulty comes from in understanding this whole topic of the holy spirit and how we relate to the holy spirit how the gifts work how the filling baptizing coming upon works uh, in the gospel of luke and the book of acts which of course are written by the same person whenever it talks about the filling or the baptizing of the holy spirit it's in reference to what we call the third relationship with the Holy Spirit, which is the empowering relationship. So I'm going to give you a really easy way to think about that in just a second. Now, there's another way in which Paul uses the same terminology of being filled with the Holy Spirit, but he uses it in relation to a different relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so if you were to think of it like this, think of three relationships with the Holy Spirit 
and they generally correspond. Now I say generally because it's not always. Sometimes they're used in the words are used interchangeably, but what they're describing are three distinct relationships with the Holy Spirit that people have. So if you have a pen, maybe jot these down. Um, if not, just imagine it in your mind. It should be really easy to make sense of. Okay, three relationships corresponding, or we're going to give them, assign them three, um, I guess these would be prepositions. Okay, three prepositions that correspond. Okay, number one, there is the with relationship. So the Holy Spirit is with some people. The Holy Spirit is in some people. And the Holy Spirit is upon some people. Now let's describe who those people are and what those relationships mean. So with, in, and upon. These are the three relationships that the Holy Spirit has with people. Okay, the with relationship. What does that mean? To say that the Holy Spirit is with somebody, read John chapter 14 and John chapter 16, but also some other uh, various passages throughout the Bible that I'll, I'll mention in a second. To be with the, so who is the Holy Spirit with? We could say that the Holy Spirit is with all people. And what does the Holy Spirit do in this with relationship? In the with relationship, it's as if the Holy Spirit is coming alongside in order to do one distinct thing, and that distinct thing is to bring conviction. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is with all people to bring conviction. Jesus says this in John chapter 14, John chapter 16. He says, you know the Holy Spirit, for he has been with you. And then he says, the Holy Spirit's job as he's with people, or the role, the task of the Holy Spirit in the Godhead is this, to bring conviction or to convince people about three things, sin, righteousness and judgment sin righteousness and judgment what does that mean uh, number one that we are sinners that we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god number two god is righteous which means that he is holy but it also means that he is just and what that means is that brings us to the third one so sin we are sinful god is righteous and the third one is that there is a judgment coming so the holy spirit is with all people essentially coming alongside, whispering in their ear, saying, hey, um, you have fallen short of God's glory. You have even fallen short of your own standards of what you think a good person should do. How much more so have we all fallen short of God's standard, which is holiness and righteousness? Secondly, God is perfectly holy. He cannot, you cannot be in his presence as, a, as an unrighteous person. And the third one is um, that there is a judgment coming. There is coming a day for all of us when we will stand before God. And so in this role, the with role, again, with everybody in the world, the Holy Spirit is with people in order to bring them to the sense of conviction, to draw them to the Savior that God has provided. So the Holy Spirit is with people, that aunt of yours who doesn't love Jesus, those people who live uh, in closed countries or in remote places the holy spirit is with them drawing them to this knowledge that they have fallen short of the righteousness of god and there is a day of judgment coming the whole idea is that they would reach out and seek mercy and seek a savior which god has provided in jesus so that's the with relationship holy spirit is with all people doing those things now now before we move on let's be clear you can resist the drawing of the holy spirit and the conviction of the holy spirit and the bible says that when you do that it's it's as if you're developing calluses on your heart you can think about like when you play the guitar when you first start you you get your your fingers sometimes bleed don't they why because they're sensitive and it hurts well what happens is the more you do it the you build up this 
hardness on your fingertips to where what used to hurt, you no longer feel it. And the same thing happens spiritually and in our hearts. There will be this conviction. Let's say you sin and you feel convicted. You feel really bad about doing it. But then over time, you can build up a calloused heart where you no longer feel that conviction of the Holy Spirit because you've built up a hardness. And that hardness means that you're no longer sensitive to it. It doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is no longer drawing you. It just means that you're no longer sensitive to the, the voice of God and the drawing of the Holy Spirit because you've built up these calluses, this hardness, and therefore you, you lose sensitivity. You lose the uh, responsiveness to the touch of God or the voice of God. Okay, so that's the with relationship. The next relationship is the in relationship. Now, you might hear some people say sometimes, hey, we all know God is in all of us. Well, no, that's not true according to the Bible. We're all created in the image of God, and God certainly loves people. But uh, does that mean that God is in all of us? The answer is absolutely not. No, um, God is in those who have trusted in Jesus. So God places the Holy Spirit in those who have uh, believed the gospel by faith and accepted it. So a, a great verse for this would be like Ephesians chapter 1, which says, After you believed the gospel of your salvation, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. We see it again in 1 Corinthians where it talks about how the Spirit of God has been given to us and placed in us. In 2 Corinthians, it says that God has placed His Spirit in us and the light of His glory dwells within us um, who are like earthen vessels, right? We're like clay jars. And then, um, you know, of course, Jesus said there in John chapter 16, He said, you know this Spirit because He has been with you, but soon He will be in you. And then in John chapter 20, Jesus breathes on his disciples and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And that is the moment when after his death, after his resurrection, his saving work, he breathes upon them and they receive the Holy Spirit within them as, you know, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and as, you know, the Holy Spirit to guide them, to help transform them into the image of Christ and, and transform them from the inside out and to seal them, to show that they belong to the Lord. And then finally, now this is the one you asked most about, right? was about being uh, empowered by the Spirit. So that's the third relationship, and that is the upon relationship. So that's the third preposition. So with, in, and upon. We see that word upon used in like the book of Judges. It's used a lot where it says that the Holy Spirit came upon Gideon, or the Holy Spirit came upon Saul at one point. The Holy Spirit came upon David. Now, what's interesting is that we see that in the Old Testament. We never see the indwelling of the Holy Spirit taking place in the Old Testament. And we see this upon relationship also in the New Testament, right? Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, um, You will be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, right, to empower you. And you'll be my witnesses in Judea, or Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus said in Luke chapter 24, I want you to stay in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. And so that's the idea there. So here's what I would say, and this is what's interesting, is that it seems that you can be empowered by God with that coming upon relationship, even if you don't have the Holy Spirit indwelling you. Because sometimes even the Holy Spirit just comes upon someone like Samson for a moment to do something that God is calling them to do. And so... Uh, ideally, the way that this should work is the Holy Spirit is with us, drawing us to Christ, 
we respond, as we respond in faith to the gospel, God places his spirit within us as a seal, as his power within us. And then he also gives a, a third blessing or second blessing, so sometimes what it's called, where uh, the Holy Spirit comes upon a person to empower them to carry out a particular mission or calling that God has placed on their life, uh, whether it's for a long term or for a short term. And so he asks, uh, speaking in tongues, must you be baptized in the Spirit? Well, depends on how you understand baptized in the Spirit. If you understand baptized in the Spirit to mean, and the reason I say it's important you understand w what you mean, is because that word in the book of Acts, for example, is used to describe the coming upon of the Holy Spirit. So if that's what you mean, then yes, you need that. But again, that's a sovereign work of God's grace that he does. And as he does that, he gives that gift for a purpose. So is speaking in tongues evidence that you have been say, baptized by the Holy Spirit? Yes. Is it evidence that you have been saved uh, and the Holy Spirit is indwelling you? I would say no. No, the evidence of the Holy Spirit indwelling you is going to be found like in Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit are these things, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Uh, those are the fruits of the Spirit. Um, but the evidence of the Spirit coming upon you could be a spiritual gift. But a spiritual gift does not mean that you have been born again necessarily. It's just a work of God's grace that he gives you for a purpose. Hey, we've come up to the end of our show. Um, thank you for those of you who called in and sent in your text messages. I hope that this show has been encouraging to you today. Uh, join us again tomorrow. We're going to be on from 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time or whatever time you listen in your local area. For those of you outside of Colorado, um, Calvary Live, tune in. Make sure you tune in. And then we look forward to answering your calls and texts about the Bible and your prayer requests. Uh, you can check out our church, Whitefields Community Church in Longmont at whitefieldschurch.com. Have a great evening and God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.